Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Good morning, Christ United. I'm Jeff. I'm lead pastor here. I want to know if God's been good to you, give him what he deserves right now. We are in a series called All In, and we began it by saying, what would it be like if we were all in? I mean, like all of us, all in, full on, living it out for God on that radical level where you're like bearing huge fruit for him. You're making great harvest. You're making a difference, actually changing the world, right? I mean, if we were all, all in, it would be that way. And then we encourage you as we began this series and began talking about being all in, that you would be in your Bibles and reading and beginning to start finding out how to become all in. And if you've been starting that process or have, how many people have read your Bible some this year? If you read it, awesome, awesome. And as you start seeing how big that is, y'all, there are 66 books in this thing, you know? The average Bible has well over a thousand pages in it. You realize there's like, 33,000 plus verses in there, you know? There are three quarters of a million words in there, and it's just like begins to be overwhelming, you know? There's just so much to know and so much to learn. In fact, just the Old Testament law, the Torah, the, the, the teachers of the law had 613 statutes that they had to try to remember. 365 things you don't do. 248 things you must do. And it's like, whoa, even in the New Testament, you then take 127 direct commands to believers. And how many people begin to like, like, whoa, this is overwhelming. And then not just the Bible, but then all the books written about the Bible and all the teachings about the Bible and all the sermons and all the conferences. And pretty soon you start feeling like kind of overwhelmed by it. Like this is way too big. You know what I'm saying? And for some people, you end up in a place where you feel like, man, this to me, I feel unable. I feel incapable. I feel inferior. I feel like I can't do this. It's just, it's too much. It's too big. Now, some people can get all this. And maybe the first time you begin reading the Bible, it's confusing to you. And you're thinking, I really can't get it. It's, it's just too much. Um, it's kind of like a person, if you're like one of those, you know, barely squeaking by with, with just basic math and you see calculus, you know, and you're like, there's no way. I will never be the calculus guy. You know, I'll, I will barely get through maybe, I don't think I can do pre-algebra, much less geometry, trigonometry, algebra. It's just too much. And so you're just in a place where you think, all I want to do is get a passing grade with the bare minimum to pass. That's all I want to do. You know what I'm saying? So, so, and you in your Christian life, you aren't thinking about being all in. I'm not going to be one of these radical, I'm out for Jesus, I'm living it. You're one of those people that thinks, no, just tell me what I got to do to pass. As long as when I get to heaven, I have enough to get in, that's what I want. Anybody been there? You know what I'm talking about. Or, or somebody here is like that person that as you've been doing it, you've been thinking, no, I really want it. I want to be the best I can be. I want to grow. I want to be strong. I want to be all in. And you've been trying to learn all about being all in. And then the more you learn, the more confused you get, you know? And the more you feel like, I'm, I'm confused 
by this. I'm kind of frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. It's like so much information, and it feels like I'm getting discouraged because the more I learn, it seems like the worse I do. Anybody been in that spot? I was, I was at Clemson football camp when I was a, a kid, and, uh, and I was in lineback. Uh, you know, I mean, not lineback. Oh, my goodness. I was in running back training, and in the training for running back over a, over a period of, you know, 10 days of camp, we, like, we learned so many things, you know, about, about how to hold the ball and how to switch hands when you need to, how to twist and turn and how to use your hands and, and how to stutter step and all these things. And you learned all these things and all these plays and all this complicated stuff. And I got myself onto the field after learning all that. And suddenly I'm thinking of 800 things I got to remember, you know? And with 800 things I got to remember, I found myself doing worse than I was when I started. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is confusing to me. I can't get it. And and I would actually get, I would fall down sometimes, just get my feet tangled up because I'm trying to remember what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm like, what is going on? So anybody ever been like that as a, as a Christian? You're in that place where it's like, it's overwhelming. It's confusing. It's a little bit discouraging. I'm trying to learn, and the more I learn, it seems like the more I'm messing up, and, and, I, and I just don't get it. But then there's some of us here that are like, you're in the place that it's like, no, I've, I kinda, I've been all in. You know, I've been all in, and because I've been all in for a long time, I feel like I, I feel kind of knowledgeable. I feel kind of capable. I, I feel a little bit superior to a lot of people in terms of my knowledge of this stuff. In fact, I often listen to Jeff to see if he gets it right. You know what I'm saying? Because, because I know what's right, but yet I feel still incomplete. I still feel like all in. Yeah, I keep hearing all in. For some reason, I'm never able to really get all excited about all in. I've been all in forever. But what is it that's keeping it from ever really coming to a place that it's filling me? And I keep looking for the next Bible study or the next teaching or the next teacher or the next thing that's going to make it all come together. And, and so I'm like wanting it, but no matter how much I study, I don't get it. You know, and I never get filled. I feel superior, but I feel at the same time empty. Now, if that's you, imagine what it would be like if all of a sudden there was this perfect teaching coming from the perfect teacher that just began to make it all click, and all of a sudden you realize, I can get this. And all of a sudden it starts coming together, and you feel empowered, and you feel like, I, I, can, I can pull it all together. It's, it's kind of like um, since today. Isn't today? Is today the Super Bowl? Did I read that right? All right, so, so today's Super so, so anyway. So, so... I remember when I was in that struggle place of my life uh, with uh, football, and I was coming back and I was playing and, and couldn't put it all together. Um, I heard this thing that radically impacted me. And my coach then, Tim Lee, wonderful, wonderful man, um, he might have been the one to share it with me, but it was, it was from the great coach Vince Lombardi. So Vince Lombardi was, was, was quarterback of the Packers. Thank you. All right. But quarterback of the Packers back in the day in the 1960s, you would have loved him in a Packer fan, right? But, but the, the Packers were rocking it, you know. And Vince Lombardi, who was the greatest coach of all time, arguably, they said that he would get before his men and hold up a football and say, gentlemen, this is a football. Rule number one, get this ball across their goal line. Rule number two, prevent them from doing the same. Dismissed right? Here's the thing. 
He took that and he said, don't you ever forget. You've got to get your focus on it. Here's rule number one. Get this ball across their goal line. Everything else you do will come together if you keep your focus on that. Everything we're learning, all the training we're doing, all the stuff, all the playbooks, all of it add up to getting this ball across their goal line and preventing them from doing the same. So if you do all that, you'll get it, right? Everything you're learning will make sense if you keep your eye on that goal. But if you don't keep your eye on that goal, everything you're doing will add up to nothing. Make sense? How clear, how beautiful. And all of a sudden, it made sense to me. All of a sudden, I thought, if I just think about getting this ball across their goal line, well, then I'll spin when I need to spin. You know what I'm saying? I'll set her step when I need to set her step. I'll switch the ball to the other side when I need to switch it to the other side. I'm going to begin to do the things that I'm supposed to do. I found out I could run. You know, it was awesome. It was awesome because it began to make sense and it began to be clear. Now, for those of you who are going like, I hate sports analogies. Let me try you another analogy, all right? <laughs> because, because some of you guys are here and your, your place in all this is like, you feel like, you know, I'm, I'm that guy or that girl who just feels like I can't get it. I feel inferior. I feel incapable. I feel unable to. Kind of like the kid looking at the calculus. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is too much for me and it's too big for me. Well, there's, there's a, a great teacher, um, actually became a principal, um, but his name is John Lougie. And John Lougie, much like um, Coach Vince Lombardi, John Lougie led a bunch of kids, though. And it was in a school up in Du Bois, uh, Pennsylvania. And it's called Jefferson County uh, Du Bois Area Vocational and Technical School. And that school is filled with the kids who very often in the academic part of school, the homeschools of the academic side, look at the kids who go off to the technical and vocational schools as being not as smart, not as good, can't do it kind of folks. And he said, I just kind of felt bad about the kids that I loved being looked down on. And he said, he said they, mathematics was really difficult for many of them, and they, they weren't excelling. He said, I, I, I took this approach, and he said, I hired two extra math teachers and put them into their classes, like in their metalworking class or their woodworking class, their shop classes. He said, I would put the mathematics teacher in there and let the mathematics teacher help them see that what they already knew that they were actually using math and began to make the connections of how this really makes sense and what it's really all about. And he said that what happened was in, in their classes, in their math classes, the kids started getting fired up and excited about it. And they worked with those kids on their own pace and let them grow as much as they could grow. And he said kids would come in during lunchtime to come into the math lab to, to learn math. They'd come in early before class to learn math. He said eventually there was this contest that was held in the local university between the area high schools, like 13 to 15 area high schools competing in mathematics. And they were going into trigonometry and calculus and stuff like that. And guess which school won? Yeah, the tech school, affectionately known as Jeff Tech, is what they know it in Du Bois. Um, Jeff Tech, um, which I like that name, by the way, but, 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 but Jeff Tech, was the winning school year after year after year. Jeff Tech would be winning. And these kids who originally thought they could know nothing, who thought that they were inferior, who thought they were incapable, all of a sudden they realized, wait a minute, I do understand this. It makes sense to me. I know this. It fits in with something I already understand. And, and I begin to apply it, and then I want to learn more about it, and I want to grow in it, right? So a kid who might have been flunking out of general math ends up doing calculus because suddenly it clicks and he understands and it makes sense and I can remember it because it associates with things that I know, right? So what would happen 
if you could get that and I could get that? What if we had that Vince Lombardi moment? You know what I'm saying? What if we had the Vince Lombardi moment that made it all begin to come together or click? Or what if we had, you know, that, that John Lalge in our lives that just said, let me help you see it and see that you can do it and get hold of it and move forward. Man, it would empower us. It would change everything. Well, this is where we find ourselves in the book of Matthew chapter 22. By the time we get to verse 34 in Matthew chapter 22, here's what's happened. Jesus has been teaching. He's been rocking it. It says they're astounded at his teaching. He's dealing with the heaviest theological issues imaginable. And the Sadducees who are trying to trip him up have now been silenced because he's so smart at what he does. And so the Pharisees get together. And one of the Pharisees who was an expert in the law, it says in verse 35, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest of the commandments, right? So which is the greatest of the commandments? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So all of a sudden, Jesus with all the confounding, confusing, theological, deep stuff. And, and guess what? The person who asked the question had all 614 of those statutes that we talked about memorized. The person who asked the question actually probably had the first five books of the Bible entirely memorized. He had all this knowledge, and he's loaded down with it. And in that room, sitting around him, are people who are the ones who feel incapable, inferior, who feel like, I can't get this. This is way too much. It's way too big. I could never be one of those great spiritual people. And in that room are also the ones who are saying, I'm trying hard. I'm trying to be all in. But I'm feeling confused, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I'm feeling discouraged. And right there in the middle of it, all of a sudden, Jesus just takes that complexity and goes, not gentlemen, this is a football. Brothers and sisters, this is a Bible. Rule number one, love God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength. Rule number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in here, everything in here hangs on those two commandments. Do you realize what he did? In that moment, all of a sudden, Jesus brought clarity. All the, this was the Vince Lombardi moment when all of a sudden people are going like, wait a minute, I can get that. Because what he's saying is all the law and the prophets, everything in the Bible hangs on these two commandments. In other words, if you do this, you will naturally do everything written in here. If you love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, you're not going to use his name in vain, are you? If you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you're going to honor his Sabbath, right? You're going to do the things that he's called you to do if you really love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to commit adultery with your neighbor's wife, correct? If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to gossip about them. If you love your neighbor as yourself and you see him in need, you're going to provide for their need, right? You're going to give the way that you're called to give. Everything that you're supposed to do and everything you're not supposed to do, if you choose to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, 
and you love your neighbor as yourself, you will naturally be fulfilling everything else. Paul wrote it this way in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. He said, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Make sense? Simple, right? So God, everything I learned, just like it wasn't that Vince Lombardi was saying, guys, you don't need to study the playbook, you don't need to practice, you don't need to work hard. He was saying, look, if you'll just put your mind on this, everything else that you're learning, everything else that you're doing, if you'll get your mind on the goal, it'll all come together and all you have to think about is getting that ball across the line and then all these things that you're learning, you'll start to do naturally, right? It's a part of the pursuit of that goal, which is love God, love people. And so then the other truth he's saying that is so powerful in that is, but if you do all these things and you forget rule number one and rule number two, if you don't love God and you don't love people, none of this is going to amount to anything at all. Like Vince Lombardi, he's saying, look, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter how much you work out, how much you can bench press. doesn't matter how fast you're 40 is and how much you can, it doesn't matter how impressive you are with how many turns and spins and, and how you hold the ball. If you're running the ball in the wrong direction, you're doing more harm than good. If you, if you aren't focused on the goal, if you aren't getting the goal accomplished, then all that means nothing. Now, Jesus is saying, watch this. He's saying, guys, if you have all this spiritual knowledge and people people do it they like i want to grow in spiritual knowledge i want to grow in spiritual experiences i want to be like one of those really holy spirit people that have all kinds of great things happen in their lives and and i want to be that person who knows those secrets of the bible and and i want to grow more than other people grow and so i do all the study and i do all the stuff if i do all that and i don't love i'm nothing Paul wrote it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, and he's speaking of spiritual gifting and my ability to really say, you know, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, so if I know it all and I've learned it all and I can quote it all and I've got it all memorized, if I can know everything and have this spiritual gifting that makes me seem so intelligent, but what? Have not love? I am nothing, right? If I have the gift of prophecy and fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to, my, to the poor and surrender my body to the flames or turn my body over to hardship so that I can boast and I have not love, I gain nothing. I gain nothing. So get the picture. Get the picture. God's just saying, guys, get it. It's this simple. It's this simple. It really is. You are to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. You're to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you lose track of that, you've lost track of everything. Nothing you're doing matters. Nothing you're doing is helpful. Nothing you're doing is helping you to get any better. And I want to tell you this tragic reality. 
The tragic reality is, is that very often the people who have studied the Bible the most, who have been around church the longest, are the sorriest excuses for Christians in the world. I really mean that. They have no love. They say they love God, but what they really love is everybody thinking that they're godly. They say that they love people, but what they really are is judgmental, hypocritical. And when you read what they post on the internet and you hear what they say and you look at the way they live their lives and their superiority and their attitude, you go, you know what? They're like somebody with all the skills literally running the ball in the wrong direction. I want to tackle them and stop them before they score points for the other team. Right? And God's saying to you and to me, saying, if you're one of those people who feels capable, a little bit superior, and a little bit like I'm not sure it's empty, he's saying, get this. If you get your focus on what really matters, which is loving God and loving people, you could become a champion. But right now, you're doing more harm than good. If you think that all of your knowledge and all that you're doing is somehow valuable, it's not. And so he went on, Jesus, after saying this, he went on in chapter 23. You'll read it. It's so powerful. He gives seven woes to the Pharisees. He tells the people sitting there, all those who feel incapable, unable, who feel inferior, all those people there who are trying and feel like they can't get it, he then says to them, watch out for those people who think they got it going on. Watch out for the Pharisees and the teacher of the law. And then he gives them these woes, and one of them is so powerful. It's in chapter 23, verse 15. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and hypocrites, and teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You go across land and sea to make one convert, but when you succeed, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Is that a convicting thought? You make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. You turn them into judgmental hypocrites just like yourself. But is there hope? Yes, there's hope. As a matter of fact, from Matthew's account of this guy, this teacher of the law who asked Jesus the question, after Jesus answered the question and the teacher of the law says, you know, you're right. It really is about loving God and it really is about loving people. This is more important than everything else. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Come on, man, you're right there. If you can just get hold of it, if you, can, if you can let it break through today. Listen, whoever you are here, you've been studying it your whole life. You've been in Bible studies and Sunday school and everything else, and you've never had the joy and passion that comes from actually living out a Christian life in the way that you can't wait to get up in the morning. And every day is filled with power and impact, and you're changing lives, and you're making a difference. He's saying, it can all change for you today. You can get there today if you just let it sink in. It's all about loving him more and loving people more. And if you started seeking that instead of seeking your knowledge or seeking your spirituality or seeking to be deeper or seeking whatever it is you're seeking, if you would seek just more love, man, would it radically change your life. John Wesley said it this way. He said, the heavens of heavens is love. There is nothing higher in religion. There is, in effect, nothing else. He said, if you are seeking anything but more love, you are looking wide of the mark. You're going out of the royal way. And when asking others, have you received this or that blessing? If you mean anything other than more love, you mean wrong. You are leading them out of the way and putting them on a false scent. Settle it, therefore, in your heart that from the day, the moment that God saves you from all sin, you will, name, you will aim at nothing more than more 
of that love described in the 13th of Corinthians. You can go no higher until you're carried to Abraham's bosom. In other words, until you go to heaven, you can't get any better than that. You've got to just start aiming at love. But guess what? If you will... If you would today take all that you've learned over all these years and all that stuff that you know now and stop using it to try to win arguments, stop using it to try to show other people where they're in error, stop using it to tell how bad this world has become, stop using it in the way you've been using it to become less and less who you need to be and start turning it around and say, God, I don't ever want to learn another thing that doesn't make me love you more, that doesn't make me love other people more, right? And God, from this day, if I go to a Bible study and I don't come out loving people more, it's not doing me any good. I might as well quit. God, if I ever open up my Bible in the morning and head out into my day and I'm not heading out with more love for people and more love for you, then I've wasted my time. God, I'm going to seek nothing but that. I'm going to aim at nothing else. That's what happened to Paul. Paul was one of those guys who had everything memorized, knew it all, was making a mess of things. He was scoring points for the other team. God got hold of him and turned his heart around. And guess who it was that wrote the 13th chapter of Corinthians? Paul did. When he said, if you don't have love, you don't have anything. And he said, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth that always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You get what? This guy all of a sudden turned into a champion. I mean, he was like a Tom Brady in the Christian world. You know what I'm saying? He was actually a Vince Lombardi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, better comparison. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So anyway, but anyway, analogies all break down at some point, don't they, brother? So, so, so here's the thing. You can be too. God's just saying to you right now, I want to take you to another level. I want to take you to, I want you to realize what it is you should have been aiming at all along and all the stuff that you've learned in all your life could come together and you could actually start winning And you could actually start having the joy that you were meant to have being a follower of Jesus. You could actually start making people want to be Christians instead of hating them. But then, if you're that person who's like, it's always been confusing, it's it's frustrating, it's overwhelming, it's too much, I can't get it. He's saying, it's not so complicated. It's not so complicated. Guys, you can get up every day and you don't have to remember all 127 commandments that you've read in that New Testament. You don't have to be thinking about all the things you got to get right. You know, all you got to think about is God, today, today, I want to love you with all my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. I want to love you with everything I got. God, I want to love my neighbor as myself today. Help me to love my family that way. Help me to love my neighbor that way. Help me to love my enemy that way, my boss that way, my subordinates that way, my coworkers that way, my class makes that way. God, help me to love. Put your love in my heart. Do you get the picture? He's saying it's simple. Just get your mind, just get your mind on loving God and loving other people and all this stuff will begin to come together. And you'll get pretty psyched about learning more about how to do it even better. It isn't that complicated. So guys, how many people here are in that spot where God's saying, I don't want you to be overwhelmed anymore. I don't want you to be discouraged anymore. I don't want you to be confused anymore. I want you to be really simply focused on the goal. Love me, love others. And then last of all is this. It's for the person here who felt incapable. 
inferior. You feel unable. It's like, God, it's too much. It's too big. It's too confusing. And you're the person here who feels like, I feel like that basic math kid who's going to do good if I graduate. I may not even graduate. There's no way I can get calculus. Who all of a sudden realizes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I understand this. It makes sense. All of a sudden you realize that this thing that we are invited to in a relationship with God is something you know. Listen to me. It's something you know. You're not yet a Christ follower. You're in this room and you're not yet even a Christ follower. You haven't even stepped into it. You never even thought that being all in would be a possibility for you because you think that's for those super Christians. And right now you're learning that most super Christians aren't even Christians at all. But he's saying you know it. You don't think you do, but you understand it. I had a friend named Chris He was starting a church. He's a radical, sold-out believer. But I said, how did it all begin for you? He said, I was at a crusade, and they were talking about the love of God and the power of God to change lives and everything. He said, I, as a little kid, went down front, but I was so young that the, 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 the counselors came and said, son, do you even understand what you're doing? And he said, I think I do. He said, my mom and my dad love me, and I love them back. And today I realize that God loves me, and I want to love him back. Chris got it. It's that simple. You got a father in heaven who loves you. Are you going to love him back? Because if you love him back, if you love him back, you won't sin against him. If you love him back, you'll desire to please him. If you love him back, you'll want to know his heart and his desires for you. If you love him back, and it's that simple. He's saying, You got it, guys. You're the ones who thought you couldn't do it, but today you could begin it. You've got a father who says, I want to make you my child today. Would you come and just submit yourself to me and say, be my father, I'll be your child. He says, I want to do it to you today, today. And for the person here who's feeling like, but it's too complicated, it's too much, and, and I, can't, I can't get all that, listen to how simple it is. Listen to how simple it is. He's saying, do you know how it feels for somebody to treat you the way you want to be treated? How about you do that for other people? Do you know how it feels when somebody treats you the way you really want to be treated? Will you do that for other people? Will you love other people the way you love yourself? Jesus had said it this way. You heard it in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 12. He said, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's what Jesus said. He said, do to others what you would have them do to you. Everything in here is fulfilled in doing those two things. Now, now, how many people here, just taking that one idea, I want to do to others as I really want others to do for me? Do you realize that you've got it? Do, please tune into this. Do you realize that you could be like the kid who feels like he can't pass basic math who ends up doing calculus? Do you realize that if you just start doing that, that you actually, by simply doing to others what you would want them to do for you, you would want them to think about how would it feel for you. If you start doing that for other people, then, man, I'm not going to be cutting somebody off in traffic. I'm not going to be flipping them off if they cut me off in traffic. I'm not going to be trying to... to worrying in on somebody else's girlfriend or boyfriend. I'm not going to be, but I am going to be doing the things that are good. I'm going to be doing it because I'm just asking the simple questions. Is this loving God? Is this loving others? Is this doing to others what I would want them to do for me? What Jesus had said to the elders and the chief priests, he said, do you know that tax collectors and sinners are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you? 
Because when John the Baptist preached repentance and said, turn away from your sins, stop hurting people, stop hurting God, come turn and start loving God and start loving people, they got it and they've turned and they've started moving toward God. But guess what? You guys haven't. So here's what I want to say to you. If you're the person here who feels far from God, God's saying, guess what? It's very likely that you will enter heaven ahead of the people who are the super Christians who have always made you feel so inferior and have been so judgmental and so unloving. If you'll just step out today and do what you know to do, you know how to love. Let him fill you with love and start loving. So here we are, guys, the end of the day. It's the Vince Lombardi moment, all right? Seriously. Vince Lombardi took that football and said, guys, I want you to get focused on two simple rules. Rule number one, get this ball across their goal line. Rule number two, prevent them from doing the same. And you know what it resulted in? It resulted over a period of seven years, they won five national championships and two Super Bowls in seven years. Do y'all realize what we could win as a church? Do you realize what we could do to change this community and change lives if every one of us were all in and we just realized it's just that simple? God, I want to love you with all my heart, my soul, and my mind. I want to love my neighbor as myself. I want to do that. That's all I want. I want to go after that with all of my heart. Do do y'all realize what we could do if we did that? I want you to join us. I want you to join us. This is a Bible. Rule number one. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Rule number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in here hangs on those two commandments. Lord God, would you move us forward in Jesus' name. Amen. As we go into this next song, I invite you, if you feel any leading at all, to come before God, kneel down here and say to him, you might be that person who felt incapable, unable, you felt inferior, and God said, come here today. I want to be your daddy. I want you to be my child. I want to put my love in your heart, and I want you to start living for me. If you're a person who felt frustrated and confused, come here and kneel before him and say, God, I want every day of my life to just think about nothing but loving you more and loving people more. And if you're one of those who came in here thinking you got it together, And you know it all, but you've been missing what really matters. Can you come here and say to him, God, starting today, I will aim at nothing ever, nothing ever, but more love for you and more love for other people. Everything I learn, every study I take, everything I do from here forward, everything I've learned to this point, I'm going to put it behind loving you more and loving people more. We invite you to stand and invite you to come. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message, or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.